the Jeep Talk Show. Now, two episodes a week. What? Two episodes? Okay. Yes, that's right. Two. Are you excited? I'm always excited when it comes out on Friday. It's actually a go-to podcast that I can actually listen to while I'm getting over to work or on my way home. New episodes every Friday and early Monday morning and time for your commute. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. So I want to thank you guys for sharing the Jeep Talk Show with your friends and enemies and everybody that you can think of. We're seeing a difference. Uh, We're seeing a lot more people uh, downloading the show and listening to it. I think we're getting a lot of people listening to the back episodes, which generally means that they're new listeners and they go, holy crap, how long has this thing been around? For freaking ever. You know, we've been doing this thing for 10 years. So you helping us get the word out is just just amazing to us, and, and we really appreciate it. But if you haven't done it yet, or better yet, don't stop. Keep sharing this to your friends. Follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, now on the Tic Tac, and uh, share our post with people. <laughs> My wife, she got mad at me. She went to a party the other night, a birthday party, and she was telling somebody about Tic Tac. Oh, no. And she oh, got so no. embarrassed. No. <laughs> she says, you have to quit saying that. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious oh, i feel so bad for her she's, oh my gosh she's very impressive impressionable she trusts me too which is the, never a good thing <laughs> so share share it with your friends and have pity on my wife the, <laughs> the jts team is here to inform inform and entertain you about jeeps if you're new to the jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty you're in the right place whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior this show is for you find out more information about the jeep talk show at jeeptalkshow.com and that's where you can also find the elusive show notes that we're always talking about <laughs> yes they, we, we hide them it's, you know, so hard <laughs> yeah Welcome to the show, Jeeper. I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, we've got some good news from Necks and Tires, and an update on Mr. Vanderquack, and a dumb criminal story that is just completely insane. And later, we get into our multi—we get back rather into our multi-part series on hardtop repair. Yeah, don't want to miss this. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and hopefully you're checking out our Friday episodes for my newbie nugget section, where I talk about all kinds of topics. Hi, I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, and coming up on Jeep Life, I wheeled a trail, but not in my Jeep. Stay tuned to see what vehicle we wheeled up Elwood Pass here in Colorado. Oh, and and don't forget, I'll be talking about uh, the various uh, quick disconnects that you can put on your Gladiator uh, on our uh, next episode, or our next regular episode. I don't know, it's confusing. Just listen to them all. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, big congrats goes out to Jeep Talk Show sponsor Nexon Tires for landing a huge account. Stellantis NV, the parent company of Jeep, has selected a 20-inch version of Nexon Tire Corporation's Rodian HTX RH5 Highway Terrain Tire as the original equipment fitment on the new 2022 Jeep Wagoneer for the U.S. market. The Rodian HTX RH5 contains a four-channel groove design and forward direction to enhance drainage and hydroplaning performance on wet roads. 
The three and four division tread design improves grip while enhancing wear performance. The, the reinforced shoulder block design results in improved cornering and handling, while a center rib block design optimizes grip and steering performance. Stellantis revived the uh, revived the Wagoneer nameplate earlier this year to help it complete more compete rather more effectively in the full-sized SUV market segment. The addition of the Wagoneer is in line with Nexon's plan to become a global top 10 manufacturer by 2025. And in March of 2021, Nexon Tires celebrated a manufacturing milestone of 500 million tires made over the course of 21 years in business with zero recalls. Between that and Jeep's move to make Nexon Tires the factory-fitted tire for the new line of full-size luxury SUVs, well, I'd say Nexon is well on their way to becoming a household name. Now, the Jeep oh, Wagoneer, yeah. that's the expensive one, right? Uh, the 100,000 yeah. one? No, that's the Grand no, Wagoneer. Okay, that's yeah. the Grand. Right yeah. below that, you know, probably about $80,000, so, you know, you're knocking <laughs> on the door. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah, yeah so uh, will this be on the Grand Wagoneer, too? I could probably imagine that there well, will the, be several this is a big deal. that find these on the Grand yeah. Wagoneer. But this is well. a big deal yeah, for next. huge deal. And, and, and the thing I'm thinking here is this is a Jeep that they're putting Nexon tires on. And what uh -huh. Jeep podcast has been talking about Nexon tires for all this time. I got to I gotta call somebody oh, about, our, about our check. There's either a check or a Wagoneer in, in, uh, for all the hosts, I believe, that should be. Oh, there should be. At the very yeah, least, I'm, I think. That, I'm uh, pretty sure Nexon's going to jump right on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I may be just speaking out of turn here, but I think that we probably had something to do with this decision. I would think so. I, Definitely. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, 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 it'll, it'll never be admitted to. <laughs> no, no. You've got to keep that under wraps. You know? that, I mean, that's, that's, but it you know, makes that's, sense because Nexon is such a great tire, at least the off-road tires. I've been very oh, impressed with the Rodian MTX tires. Uh, Don Alexander got me uh, invited out there for the, the Nexon event, and I got to wheel on them, and Don thinks very highly of them did a lot of tire so testing and yep. uh yeah and uh, wendy you have them on all, and, all your vehicles and of course and tammy yep tammy Tam does uh, and josh has a nice stack of them in his garage that he has yet to Jeez. put on his uh, vehicle indeed i, I get a did get a chance to put yours through its paces a little that's bit that's true but, uh, and so I, I will i will oh, by the uh, way you damaged the uh, steering stabilizer we'll, we'll we need to talk about that <laughs> i saw the picture yeah <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see the picture on uh, the hangouts yeah, the, the steering stabilizer is bashed to hell. Yeah, it's got, got some uh, paint missing on it. So There's that's no, my it's bashed oh. to hell. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and Josh did it. The 15 minutes he drove the, the Gladiator, uh -huh. he did it. Right. <laughs> I did take a couple hard lines. Well, uh, this is one of those uh, unique stories that it just keeps going. And you, you just, just when you think it's over, it, it gets a little better. On October 10th, we're talking just a number of days ago, at around 6.42 p.m., Colchester police received a report of a male suspect driving erratically in a Jeep Cherokee along Vermont Road Route 15. Uh, according to the police, the driver of the vehicle, 38-year-old Ben Webb, pulled alongside a stranger in another vehicle, exited the Jeep, and demanded the man's debit card. The victim, not wanting to comply, obviously resisted, and that's when Webb reportedly Pointed a crossbow at the man. Oh, my God. What? Luckily, <laughs> yes, you heard right. Pointed a crossbow at the man. Luckily, the victim was able to drive away from the scene and called the police. Now, there is no report as to whether or not the crossbow was actually fired at the fleeing vehicle, but obviously the cops are going to show up to take a report like this, and during the questioning of the victim, the same Colchester Police Department received a report of a robbery at a convenience store approximately one mile away from where this incident allegedly took place. 
Now, according to the report, a male suspect fled the scene in a Jeep SUV. At approximately 6.50 p.m., a mere eight minutes after the first call came in, the neighboring town of Winooski's police department reported a crash on the highway that involved a Jeep Cherokee fleeing the scene of the accident. Nearly 25 minutes later, at about 7.14 p.m., Colchester police received multiple reports about a Jeep SUV driving erratically on the highway and missing a tire. Okay, so we're going to pause here because I have a couple of questions. Just how long exactly was he driving the Jeep with only three tires? And, and what would you do if you saw this all unfolding on the highway in front of you? Seriously, w- would you follow or flee? Tony? Wendy, would you guys? Oh, I got to. I got a dash cam. I'm getting. Uh, I'm getting social yeah. media evidence here. I'm, I'm footage, get right? Pictures. <laughs> exactly. A million downloads. Well, uh, here we come. Right. According to police, witnesses just like you and me, morbidly curious individuals dying to see how this is all going to end, followed the jeep and even attempted to stop him from driving off a couple of times. But Webb oh reportedly God. pointed his crossbow at them too before a CPD officer finally arrived at the scene. The officer then pointed his weapon at Webb. Well, clearly coming to the realization he was now severely outgunned, he then dropped the crossbow and re-entered the Jeep. Now, according to police, at this moment is when Webb drove off. He hit at least one mailbox before striking the CPD <laughs> of officer's vehicle. Oh, God. Okay. What? So, at but steering this point, isn't steering isn't a premium at this point with, with three tires. Come on. <laughs> apparently, driving isn't this guy's forte no, either. No. <laughs> now, at this point, that that's pretty much vehicular assault on an officer yes, and a federal yeah, crime. I understand federal crime they, they for the mailbox. Don't, yeah, they usually don't take that. I mean, nah. they, they kind of take that kind of personally, yes. you know. Yeah, so, Webb, still in the Jeep that still only has three tires on it, <laughs> was tires. somehow able to drive away from the first officer, but <laughs> not before striking a second CPD officer's oh, vehicle. My that's two, everybody. <laughs> now, according to a statement from the Colchester Police Department, the two patrol vehicles actually sustained moderate damage from being hit by the Jeep Cherokee, but were still able to be driven from the scene. The Essex Police Department were called in to assist CPD with the now continuing, albeit handicapped, chase. Now, I'm sure you're all familiar with the old adage, the third time's the charm. Yeah. Well, as Webb was turning onto a street, he drove directly into the side of an Essex police vehicle, causing extensive damage to both vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> now, at this point, the Jeep Cherokee, only being able to take so much abuse, finally gave up the ghost and the chase oh. was over. Authorities wow. were able to take wow. Webb into custody and he was transported to a nearby hospital for treatment of wounds sustained from the multiple collisions. Two Essex police officers were also transported to the hospital to be treated for minor injuries. According to a statement from police, the Jeep Cherokee was taken from Webb's brother without permission. Webb currently faces at least eight felony charges, including aggravated assault, as well as two charges of robbery. The Colchester Police Department is asking anybody with any information at all on this incident to contact them. There's got to be some dash cam footage out there somewhere, damn it. Okay, how much was this man drinking or smoking or consuming? Something's not... Wow. How so I, I I managed I managed to track down a mugshot of the guy. Um, he he looks a little beat up. Uh, he's I, I'm guessing he had a bad night uh, or something. Oh, he doesn't oh. look completely like three sheets to the wind. You, you've seen some okay. of those mugshots where oh, yeah, oh yeah. boy, uh, you're on all the drugs, aren't you? Uh, right. You know this guy <laughs> this guy wasn't uh, wasn't like that. Um, and so, uh, but nonetheless, seriously, a, a a lot of very bad decisions. I don't think this guy's going to see the light of day for a long time. 
So the uh, our lines are lighting up, and everybody's very concerned about this Cherokee. They'd like to know if he's willing to part it out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Is there, are they going to part any of this uh, this Cherokee out? So, oh, what's left of it? No, the uh, rear quarter panel is is just chewed to bits uh, from the tire yeah. being uh, tire thrown exploding. off the rim. Um, the front end is is beat. I mean, there's probably not a straight panel. Well, you on say this torn thing. to bits. I say it's already been trimmed for larger tires. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> trailer hitch pointing to the sky. You know, does that look like rust like, damage on that trailer hitch to you? Yes, it, it could does. Be, it looks like it's it really old dirt. and been there. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I see what you're saying off to the left hand side. That's, yeah, there's a hole. That in. is yeah, heavy yeah. duty metal. Heavy. And it's rusted <laughs> through. It's just oh, that's just horrible. Gotta be a better home yeah, for turkeys. One heck of a ride for that poor XJ. Uh, unfortunately, it, it saw its end of its life uh, through through this uh, mayhem. But oh, I, yeah, what a what a story, right? Yeah, I don't think it's dead. It's going to come back. You watch. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, going to be like Christine. Wheeler. <laughs> going to keep going. The Energizer Bunny. <laughs> hey, the, there's probably nothing wrong with the four liter still. No, you know, it's I'm sure it's yeah. great. That's why I'm saying parted out, man. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, real quick, I got a, a news update for you guys. In episode 513, I told you a story of a duck. Not as cool as one particular rat, but he's a big duck. He's a fluffy duck. He's a stuffed duck, of course, and he's been on his way across all 50 states, from one town to another, being handed off from one local jeeper to another, in a relay across the nation and even into Canada and back. Well, I just checked on Mr. Vanderquack's journey before we went live, and he's here in Oregon, actually. He's about three hours or so, about three and a half hours south of me and a little bit east from where I am currently sitting in a beautiful town called Bend. Now, I'm not sure where he's going next or how they're getting there, but there's a chance that he's coming closer to my town. And if he does, I'll be sure to get a little interview with the latest local jeeper on this leg of his nationwide journey. If you're wondering what the big deal is, well, it's all to raise funds for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. This is going to be a well-traveled duck when everything's all said and done. And after his trek is done, he will be auctioned off with all the proceeds going to help St. Jude's. So if you missed the story, go check it out. It's pretty cool what they're doing. Remember, that's episode 513. So I added a little screen capture there into our show notes. Uh, Willie Wagon, uh, who came down to, yeah, came down, drove down, he and his wife. uh, She has legally changed her name to Beaver Nuggets uh, because she enjoyed them so much. Uh, I can't wait. Oh. <laughs> so Willie Wagon and his wife came down to the uh, Jeep Talk Show event at Hidden Falls back on September 18th, and he sent uh, sent me a message uh, just yesterday, I believe. They said, "Hmm, I might get to help move Mister Vanderquack through Michigan, so we may cool. have a Jeep Talk Show connection." And and Willie Wagon's going, "Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm with the Jeep Talk Show now that I'm going to be doing Vanderquack." Uh, so uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so we may be hearing from uh, one of Whatever our Jeep Talk takes, Show listeners. Tony. That's right. Whatever oh, it right. takes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, quite an honor there. Now we'll get an update. Well, if you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Now, we sure are, you lucky listener, you. And we've got something for everybody who's into uh, off-roading, if, as it were. Uh, the 4x4radionetwork.com has a ton of great off-road shows. The On the Trail podcast, Trail Chasers, the Center Steer podcast, the 4x4 podcast. Lots of great off-road shows. It's all for free. Did you know that? And it's all at the number 4, the letter X, the number 4, radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. 
Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, we pick up where we left off in our multi-part series on hard top repair. Hey, before we do that, though, I've got to get a, give a big shout out to a special listener. i got to give a shout out to Charles Fredericks. Now, he's on a couple of thousand mile journey right now with his son. He has a big goosenecks trailer hooked up to his Dodge truck, and, and on that trailer rest three generations of Jeeps, his, his dad's, and his son's Jeep. Now, they at one point had a max speed of 15 miles per hour driving through <laughs> Wyoming because of snow and ice. They even encountered a 50 mile per hour headwind, slowing their progress wow. down as they came into Cheyenne. Average fuel economy for this trip, 5.1 miles per gallon. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. And they're on their way to California. <laughs> so why are they doing this? Why make such a long journey with three Jeeps? Well, unfortunately, Charles' dad, we're going to call him Grandpa, has been diagnosed with leukemia. He's lost about 50 pounds in a couple of months, and Charles thought it would be an extra special gift to surprise Grandpa with a visit with all three of their Jeeps. Grandpas, dads, and sons, all together for the very first time on the West Coast. Charles said he was going to keep the Jeep Talk Show playing the whole time there. (laughs) And judging by the video he sent us at one point... His 17-year-old son isn't digging it quite as much. <laughs> I just wanted to let you know, Charles, we're proud to have you. Ke- we're proud to have kept you company on your trip, and we're glad to, that you're a part of the Jeep Talk Show family. And be sure to tell Grandpa hi from all of us here on the show. Hats off, and a big fat Jeep wave goes out to Charles and his dad, his son, and the whole family. Hope you all have a safe trip there and back. Do you have any idea where in California they're heading? I do not. Uh, I didn't get into too many details about that. Uh, he did send us a couple of emails. I could uh, probably, chances are Charles is listening to this and he'll call in yeah. uh, for the next episode and let us all know. i probably send well, us an email and, too. So. And that was the other suggestion I had is have Charles call in and we can hear from grandpa and the son, you know, it'd be kind of cool to hear that three would generations. Be, that would be pretty cool. Get, get all three of yeah. them uh, to leave a voicemail for the Deep Talk in. show be out there yep. in perpetuity. That'd be pretty cool. That would be great. I like it. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've been listening to you guys for free for how many years now, and I figure I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit oh we love our paid subscribers uh, our paid subscribers allowed us to uh, have that uh, jeep talk show event and uh, get uh, josh uh, moved uh, over here temporarily from oregon to texas and uh, actually uh, josh and i met for the first time in uh, 10 over 10 years uh at, at that event yeah, okay. so that uh, and that and that was all to you the listener and you being a paid subscriber so thank you very much for uh parting with your hard-earned money uh, or maybe it wasn't harder. Maybe it's just uh, yes. stimulus. Thank uh, you stimulus so check. very much. My butt still <laughs> <Yeah. hurts. laughs> So uh, we really appreciate it. And if you'd like to become a paid subscriber and help us do uh, more things uh, for uh, uh, you and the uh, other listeners, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and scroll down through there. Look at our store. Buy some of those toe tags so that you can be an infectious agent. You know the drill. Just go over there and uh, fill it out. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, last week when you talked about the eight-speed Jeep transmission, uh, I still got it in my craw. I just can't get it out. 
I can't wrap my noodle around eight speeds. Why would you need that many? And my dad always told me I only had two speeds, slow and stop. <laughs> yeah, I drive real slow. I've got a fear of speed bumps. But I'm slowly getting over it. Oh, I think I've used that one before. Let's Just check the archives. That. Yeah, yeah, I have used that one before. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you I threw a ball for uh, Sir Craps a lot. Yeah, I know it was a little extravagant, but... You know, it was his birthday, and, uh, you know, he's a really nice dog and deserved it. That one's got to make you think a little bit, or not. Either way, it's going to hurt your brain. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Looks like an but arrow for a crossbow. No, no, not hard. <laughs> now, it all started in episode 517, where we began a multi-part series in hardtop repair. We continued that episode, and it continued that in episode 519, and then I dropped the ball in episode 521, and I left the ball hanging. Now, we're going to go ahead and pick up that ball and run it down the field a little bit more. Today, we're going to talk, we're going to be continuing, rather, this series in hardtop repair. But if this is your first time with us, well, then you're going to need to go back and listen to 517 and 519 to get up to speed. Otherwise, it's going to be like doing trying to do algebra without knowing how to add or subtract. So mm-hmm. by now, you've procured all the supplies and tools you need to properly work with fiberglass without ruining everything around you. Now, we focused on the type of damage that would typically leave a hole somewhere in the hardtop. You'd certainly have one after the prep is done for that kind of damage. But what if all you have is a crack? Well, this is where you get lucky, because a lot of the techniques and tools used for the larger, more severe type of damage are going to be used here, too, just on a smaller scale. Now, first, you're going to need to identify whether the crack goes all the way through the layers of the top or not. In other words, can you see the crack from both the inside and the outside of the hardtop? If not, well, then you're going to want to work only on the surface where the crack is visible. For the sake of this segment, we're going to assume that the crack is on both sides. Now, using the same kind of burr bits for uh, a die grinder or Dremel tool that we talked about in episode 519, you're going to want to select a bit that is more cone-shaped, as this will allow you to get the tip of the tool into the crack a little bit more. Here is where a light touch is going to come in. We want to use multiple passes with very light pressure, letting the tool do all the work. The objective here is to take that crack, that hairline fracture, and turn it into a small ditch. But you only want to go about halfway through the material from each side. This will leave a small, open crack with enough surface area on each side of the top to enact the repair from both sides. Again, we're going to want to use some compressed air to clean off the work surface of any dust or debris. And just because the damage is smaller, it doesn't mean that the damage to your lungs will be any less severe if you don't take proper safety precautions. Now, just like with the last repair, we're going to be using the chopped strand mat type of fiberglass. You're going to want to make small, thin strips that will be used to build up the cavity of that ditch to seal up the crack. Again, more is better here. You don't want to be halfway through the work period in, of your resin and, and run out of strips. Now, but make sure that those strips will sit inside the ditch and not cover it. And speaking of resin, you don't need much for this type of repair. But remember, each mixing bucket, stir stick, and paintbrush will be ruined with each batch. So make sure that you have plenty. Again, we're going to be using some masking tape to protect the other side of the top from resin leaking through. Make sure that the tape gets down into the cavity of the opposite side that you're going to be working on. You may need to use duct tape or something else to keep that tape down in the ditch and not allow anything to come up through the other side. 
Now here's where we are going to get into the nitty gritty of building with fiberglass. Working on the first side, you're going to have some mixed up resin that will have the consistency of really thick honey or runny molasses. And you're going to have a pile of your strips or patches of fiberglass mat. Now we play a game that I like to call just the tip. Place <laughs> one piece of fiberglass into the wound at a time. After you place one piece using just the tip of the paint bris uh, paintbrush bristles, you will push the resin into the mat. And here's a pro tip. Dab a little bit of resin into the work surface first to give your first layer of fiberglass something to hold on to. This will also make the next steps a little bit easier and so on and so forth. Oh, and pro tip number two, do not just plunge your brush into the resin. You only need a little bit at a time. So just barely dip the tip of it into the resin. And trust me, I know you're holding a paintbrush, so the urge will be there to paint with it. And if you try to use the uh, paintbrush with the fiberglass resin on the brush, moving it from side to side, you're going to end up ruining everything. The paintbrush will grab a hold of the loose fibers of the mat and smear a fibrous mess of resin and fiberglass across the work surface that will only get worse the more you try to correct it. Like I stated when we started this series, this will be messy. The paintbrush will still pull fibers from the mat, and you're going to want to pick those off and wipe them off on something when you can to keep the tools from getting in the way or of making a bigger mess as you keep going. So making sure you have lots of those disposable gloves on hand is going to help a lot as well, especially since you're going to be finding that using your fingers a lot of the time will be mandatory. Now, you'll still need to hold stuff in place. You're going to need to hold things down, press here, wipe that, etc., etc., etc. Now you're going to repeat the process by laying down one strip or patch after another and dabbing it until it's soaked through with the resin. Sometimes you're going to find the surface has enough resin already and you just simply need to push the mat into it. Again, dab, 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 just the tip. Very light pressure, just enough to get the job done. Once the first side is built up to your satisfaction, you're going to want to let it cure before moving on to the other side. Cure times are going to vary with things like ambient temperature, uh, humidity, the size of the repair, and how hot you mix the re resin with the hardening agent. Nothing different will be required when working on the other side. The only difference is going to be you won't need to do the masking tape routine here as the fiberglass repair done on the other side will hold everything in place. Now it's just a matter of rinse and repeat. A little resin first, then a layer of fiberglass, dabbing the resin until we have built things back up. In the next Tech Talk, we're going to wrap this whole thing up by covering the final prep and finish required for repairing a hardtop. I have a question. By all means. So the strips, um, you're, if your crack isn't as wide or deep, you don't need as many strips? Well, again, you're going you're gonna to need to get down through that crack. You're going to okay. have to open up that crack and get down to the bottom of it. And, and so okay. regardless of it's barely a visible hairline crack, hairline fracture, you're going to need to open, open it up. That crack can just continue going on if all you do is just sort of scratch the surface a little bit and, 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 and try and fill it in. You need to get to the bottom of it, kind so, of, so to speak. The idea is to put those strips in regardless of how deep it is and build it up to the level of the top. So it's at the very least, at point? In, okay. in fact, that's a really good question because I, I'm going to say that if you leave it um, just right at the surface, as it cures, it's going to dip down a little bit. Right. Um, and so I would, I would say actually build it up proud of the surface, build it up a okay. little bit taller than the surface because you're going to be uh, in the next, next series, we're going to talk about, you know, sanding and, and filling and uh, matching texture and, and filling and, and painting and all that kind of stuff. The finish work of all of this. 
and it's going to be getting messy again still, but, uh, but nonetheless. Good question, Wendy. Thank you. Well, if you have anything to add or maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, a, a topic that you would like for us to cover, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Hey, Josh, this is Matt over here at the House of Dawn. I want to let you know that your 12-inch is backordered. But that you know your way around gongs, I will go ahead and up your order to a 15-inch and get it right out to you with no extra cost. I know you're going to love it. Yes! Counter-coated black for free. Once you see the way this deluxe model swings once you smack it, you'll never go back. Now, I know being a famous guy, you can get any kind of gong you want, but I'm proud that you chose ours. So, thanks a lot. Be seeing you. That is hilarious. (laughs) love that promo that is a great one that's the best i love it are you living the jeep life from mall crawlers to weekend warriors from daily drivers to weekend wheelers it's all about the jeep life and it's all good it's time for jeep life with jeep mama tony josh and wendy I'm getting a little nervous for our upcoming trip to Hole in the Rock Trail in Utah, out just outside of Blanding, Utah. It's going to be pretty chilly at night, and we will be out in the middle of Nowheresville. I did hear there are some spots that you can get cell service, so keep your phones handy this weekend in case I need a rescue. I'm also nervous because my Jeep still needs an oil change and some lower control arms put on, so we're going down to the wire because we're leaving in the morning, I hope. Anyway, so this past weekend was a great weekend to head out into the mountains to see fall colors. I know all over the country the past few weeks there have been lots of fall color trail rides. Here in the San Juan Mountains, the aspen trees are amazing. I would like to make a little plea though. Please don't carve your name, your loved one's name, or even your favorite president's name into the trees. It's not a good thing for those trees. Please, when you're out on the trails, try to refrain from doing this. So we headed over the paved highway of Wolf Creek Pass to Pagosa Springs, a great tourist town for your information. They have hot springs there to soak your achy bones. The next morning, we got up and headed for the trailhead of Elwood Pass for a day up and over the San Juans. Elwood Pass was used by the Utes to reach the hot springs at Pagosa Springs for many, many years before settlers even ventured into the San Juan Mountains. The San Juans were one of the last settled areas of the United States. It wasn't until 1876 early travelers cut a rough road over the pass. Then in 1877, a charter was granted to the Cone Jose Pagosa Springs and Rio Grande Toll Road Company to build a toll road up the Alamosa River, over the pass, and down to the San Juan River. By 1878, mail was being carried over the road between Summitville to Pagosa Springs, and in 1880, the U.S. Army improved the route to connect Fort Garland on the east side of the San Luis Valley with Fort Luis in the Pagosa Springs area. This is why it is known as Soldier's Road, or Military Pass. The name Elwood, as legend has it, came from contracting a local prospector's name T.L. Woodvale as he discovered a vast mine in the area. This was the only way to cross the continental divide between Stony Pass to the north and the New Mexico border until 1916 when Wolf Creek Pass became an automobile route. With Wolf Creek Pass open, the use of Elwood Pass declined. In 1961, a natural gas pipeline was laid over the pass. Now, from the Pagosa Springs side, Elwood Pass Road starts out as a two-lane graded gravel road where it, when it leaves the highway. Past the East Fork Campground, the road will follow up 
the East Fork Creek up into the mountains, and about five miles in, you will come to private property. You can continue to pass through private property, but you need to stay on the road. You know, you find this a lot here in Colorado, as there are a lot of free-range cattle ranches here. And these public roads pass through private land. Just stay on the public road. After about three miles of private property, you come to a small parking area with a short trail into the forest. This is the parking for Silver Creek Falls. There's a trail here where you can hike by foot to see the waterfalls. We usually don't do a lot of hiking, which is why we drive Jeeps. If, we can't, if our Jeep can't make it, we don't see it. Except this time we took our Ford F-250. I was so surprised at how well the truck did. The crawl ratio gives my Rubicon a run for its money. Neil and I are planning a race with the two, a slow race. Now as you head up into elevation, the road gets narrower and rougher, quite a few steep climbs, and the Ford F-150 did awesome. Now there's going to be a long, steep uphill section with loose rocks to navigate, and it becomes a ledge road, just for a little bit, and then you work your way back down closer to the creek. Now we had a great day on Elwood Pass in our Ford F-250, F and I was really amazed at how well it did, and I'm looking forward to racing it with the Rubicon. So stay tuned to next episode of Jeep Life. Hopefully, cross your fingers, I will make it to Hole in the Rock, on the trail, and back again, and I'll have an update. Until then, happy Jeepin'. Good Lord, Wendy, or uh, Tammy, I think that you, uh, <laughs> you did it might too. have, I know, I, I do it every now and again, I, anyways. Uh, yeah, you, wheeling the F-250 over the Jeep, come on! <laughs> but regardless, though, if you guys end up uh, doing that doing that very slow race, uh, we're going to have to get that on, on video. Uh, video, picture it for sure. Happen. Yeah, definitely. Well, how does Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories, so contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. Hey, don't forget, sign up for our newsletter. It's where you can get all the inside information on what's going on with the Jeep Talk Show and how to join in on the fun and, well, how to get in on the campfireside chats as well. It's very easy to sign up for our newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you're going to find a link to click and sign up. Hey, don't worry. We're not going to sell your information or spam you or anything like that. It's one email a week, and it's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. Well, that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure that you and all your friends are following us on all of our social media feeds. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. You know, I bet half of you skip to something else as soon as you hear the words, fellow Jeeper. <laughs> Miss out on the hundreds of episodes where we drop these little Easter eggs at the end of the show. And did you know, they're all different. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Guessing since 2010. This just in scientists discover prehistoric rock crawler at the bottom of La Brea Tar Pits. Stay tuned for the full report.